Welcome to Marissa's Wicked Word Nosh, a place to chow down on topics relevant to writers of all kinds. Hello, and welcome to Marissa's Wicked Word Nosh. I'm Marissa, and I've had the chance to speak to an amazing poet via Facebook chat a few nights ago, Paula Hyman. Paula has two collections of poetry available right now on Amazon. I think you'll learn a lot about poetry and writing in general from what she has to say, and you'll even get to hear her read a few poems from her latest collection, In the Middle, From Within. So, with no further ado, here's my interview with Paula. Enjoy. Native Spirit. She has worked in a supportive services department, the Institute for Achievement and Learning at Lynn University for 22 years. She has a BA in English and Writing and an MA in English Literature. Throughout her studies, Paula has written poetry, plays, and short stories. But it was not until the passing of her mother that she felt inspired to write and publish her poetry. In 2017, Paula published Grasping Towards My History, and in 2020, in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic, she published In the Middle, From Within. Both collections reveal the author's inner feelings about her family, her travels, her insecurities, and her passions. So Paula, thank you so much. It's uh, really great having you on my show. Thank you for having me on your show. And hello, everyone. <laughs> So, um, so I noticed um, that you didn't feel the, um, the that you didn't really look to publish anything until after the passing of your mother, which, by the way, I'm very sorry about. Uh, thank you. Oh, but I know you were writing poetry before that. Um, how did you get started? How did you become interested in writing poetry? Great. There's actually a lot I that you just said that I kind of want to deconstruct here a little bit. Um, do you feel almost like free verse is like a good, um, like a good, I don't know if bridge is the right word, but like a good, 
like say somebody has mostly written prose and they want to go into poetry would you almost say that like free verse is like a like a I don't know what I'm trying like to say here, but I or a connection. I right. Know, but yeah, I do I do think because I have written plays and I enjoy that too. But um it's I I've attempted to write longer pieces and it's not that I can't. I feel like I could. But I feel like I get my I'm I'm a I'm an editor at heart. Right. You know? So I know how to cut something down and make a point without saying too much. And I feel like if you enjoy doing that, like getting to the point and writing, free verse poetry is the way to go. So, yeah, I do. Like if somebody wanted to try it, like if they've been working as a um, a fiction writer, or even a, a nonfiction writer, um, they should try it out, see how they can really just get to the point. Because it, it's it's really I don't know I it, it's invigorating. Yeah, definitely sounds like it. It's also good that you mentioned about um, that, that you're an editor because that is a very good skill to have, and I think it's something a lot of writers, including myself, can. Uh, you know, we we need a little editing every once in a while. <laughs> oh yeah, and it's hard. It is hard um, as an editor to actually sometimes, or you see it. You know, you go back and you're like, oh yeah, I need to, I need to get rid of that, or I need to move that, and it, it's almost like, oh no, maybe I, I have to stop after a while because it's done. You know, it, it's got to be done, or else. You there's always a way to change it, <laughs> you know. So, so it's a it's a good it's a gift and it's a curse at the same time. But um, I love editing other people's work. Like I asked someone to edit the the new book for me because I said, oh, you know, I, there might be something I'm missing. It's too it's hard to self edit. Yeah. It's very hard. Yeah. I think it's great when you can get somebody else to look at it because they could, they usually can find something that, um, I mean, you, you go in and you try your best, but in the end, you're very attached to your work and it really helps sometimes to bring somebody in who has a little bit of distance and can let you know, well, maybe as good as this is, maybe you might need to take it out. <laughs> right, exactly. It might just not be working. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I totally agree. So what do you think, is there any one thing about poetry that, like, you mentioned that you feel you express yourself very well through poetry? Is there, like, any one thing or, like, a few things in particular, a few reasons why uh, you find poetry ideal for expressing yourself? something about it um that's melodic i would love music right and um and it, and it doesn't have to rhyme to be melodic you know right but um um not even just like rap but just just like you can feel a, a beat when you're when you're reading it or uh, or reciting it um and i feel like um it's Painting a picture that only I can, I can show to people through poetry. Like I feel like it, it might just not work in another another genre. Okay. It just works best for me. I don't know. Literally, um, this is so. I don't know. If this is Aunt answering it. Um, I as a poet I literally I don't say I'm gonna write poetry today okay I wake up and I am inspired it could be something horrible it could be something beautiful it could be anything and I just say I gotta I have to put this down and here it is and this is the fastest way I can get it out 
that might be the best way to put it, why poetry works for me. It's cathartic. Okay, that's, gr that's great. Um, yeah, I was actually going to ask what the process of writing a poem is like for you, and I mean, that... That's part of it. That sounds perfect. Yeah, that's part of it, for sure. I mean, that's the first stage. There are stages, you know, as a editor and as a, you know, like a, when I was running the writing center at, at Lynn, and, you know, I, I, I emphasize any kind of writing is, is it's like giving birth. It's like you're creating, you're molding it. So it, it's, there are so many stages to it. So it's like literally you're, you're giving birth to it first, but then you have to look at it again at some point and you, and you say, does that really make sense? And then that's where you start editing and moving things around or, or even there's ways like if we, you know, you look at my book, there are certain um, lines that I felt had to be together some had to be part just to make a, a point, you know? So that that's all part of it and the process. There's a process to all writing. And that's, that's basically mine. And then later, much later, I get back and see what works on what page, what order. Okay, yeah. Um, I was wondering, like, what the process of putting together a book like uh, your yeah. most recent book is like, because you have a lot of different topics there, and I was wondering, um, how how do you, like, put a, a, a group of poems on such a diverse uh, list of topics together like that right. is it kind of a time thing is there some kind of maybe theme that even though the topics are different they're all tied together in some way like how do you go about that so with the new book i feel like it was really much freer uh free-flowing than the first book the first book had some things that were more um purposeful um not that the second book isn't purposeful it talks about those things that are most important to me. Um, the first thing that's most important to me is my daughter, and that's what I started with. Right. Um, but I honestly do think it's a bit chronological. Like, I looked at it and I said, this is what was happening at that point, at that time. Um, this, this, and basically, I, I published the first book in um, Jan like January of 2017. So we, we all know what was happening then. And then, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. And, and then I kept working. It didn't stop there. You know, I just knew I was done with what I wanted to put down in a book. So I, where I was at with the second book, this has been a three year work in progress, you know? So, um, I started right after that. So, I mean, I could tell you, I could see just from what I wrote, just from the titles, um, that there were trips that I went on. I went on a trip to Cuba and, um, there's a book, there's a yeah. film about that. You know, I felt that it was important to put into words what I saw because not a lot of people in America got to see that in a long time. Yeah. You know? And I said, just the, the beauty of it, you know, the, the beauty. Um, so things like that, like it, it had to go where it was, you know, in my life. So I think um, that's what, that's what was happening. Like I, I just thought this is, I'm going to keep it at a, at a certain chronological path. Um, and it might not make some sense. You know, I thought about, oh, should I put all of my um, travel poems together? Should I put my uh, feelings of loss together, you know, 
poems together or when um or I have a few things about insomnia I have insomnia issues so but I felt no it's not that's too contrived you know so I I really felt like this is the way it should be so it is literally chronological yeah, that's, that's great. Uh, again, I mean, knowing that you, you could write on such a diverse group of topics and have it in chronological order. Wow. That's, that's really amazing. That, that poem about Cuba, I was, re I remember reading it and then thinking, thinking to myself and then like, <laughs> wow. This is Cuba. This is like someplace I really want to go to. Like, and and the, just the picture you painted was so vivid, and I, I just thought that was amazing. So, how did you how did you get to go on that trip? I'm really I'm really curious. So was, okay, yeah, I'm trying to think. It might have been that summer of. I don't even remember. Um, it was maybe the summer. I'm trying to remember when. It just seems so long ago, but it's not that long ago. But there was a point where where Americans were allowed to go to Cuba, and um, just for a short period of time. And we took advantage of that because we are very close. Right. To Cuba. Oh yeah, we got. We and, definitely um, are. Yes, and that's that's a that's very lucky for us in Florida. So um, we took a cruise. It was a four day cruise, like it was literally a very short cruise. And they went directly overnight to Cuba and went into the only port. There was one port in Havana. Oh wow! And um. It couldn't even hold a large group. This was a small cruise ship, and um, and everything, all the um, excursions were run solely by the government, and these were government-led bus tours. You could only get out in certain places. Um, you could go uh, off, you know the. Um, get off the boat and look around and see if people would want to take you on a tour in their cars. Yeah. Because they all have cars from the 50s. But I we didn't love really those cars. Know what, that was, what, what, what that would, what we would need to do to do. So we figured, let's just play it, you know, the, the easy route and do the, you know, like the tour. Yeah. The bus. We did get out. We were able to go to a few places that were very interesting. They even took us to um, a cemetery, a cemetery. Oh, wow. And um, it had like the, one of the family members of Christopher Columbus there. I mean, like all these, it was so interesting. Yeah. And, it, and the, their perspective. I mean, everybody was so, you know, courteous and generous, of course, you know, this is what they live at their, their, their source of, livelihood you know for yeah. people who come but it was new you know as americans were coming in, you know so it was that was a very interesting observation as an american as a tourist um and, uh, my husband speaks uh, of some spanish so he spoke Spanish. He wanted to buy cigars and rum, and he was buying things from a, you know a, a store that we stopped in. And they were so excited that he was speaking Spanish. Yeah, <laughs> they're so happy. This American speaking Spanish, you know, who doesn't look, you know, like he's definitely, you know, not of Spanish of any type of Hispanic descent. Yeah, <laughs> speaking Spanish. So they, it was wonderful. It just was wonderful. Um, experience, um, listening to people singing on the streets and the, everything, the food, the, the culture, oh, it was just wonderful. And then it was all, it's all gone. No one came back. Yeah. So that was a moment in time. It was truly a moment. 
yeah, that that just sounds like the most amazing opportunity. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, you got. I was you... glad that I was able to to put that into words. Like you see what I mean with the with the words. You know, instead of it being something I, I got right to it, the the colors, but everything is still quite not as it should be there. You know? Right. So you can see the the possibility, the, the what they what they would love to have, you know, and their their spirit and passion. Yeah, so it, it was wonderful. Yeah, it definitely sounds like that. Um, thank you for talking about that. That I was really curious. I I love that poem. I thought that poem was fantastic. I, uh, I I thought a lot of your other poems were really fantastic too. So you would say definitely that, or your topics choose you, or it yes. okay. And it's not even. It's just a something. It's just a thing that happens. You know, it's like I'm I'm compelled. It's like oh, I like this morning with my with my strange haiku. You know, I, I wrote this quick haiku about Asa and fables. It just came into my head as I was getting ready for work. <laughs> and then I said to myself, "This is this is something very quick that I must I must write down." And um, I, I kept going over it and over and over. And because I also like, strangely enough, I enjoy writing haiku. I like haiku. I mean, I love. The, again, the shortness, right? Yeah. The shortness of it and how you can still get something across in a few syllables. So it's a challenge. It's like a fun word puzzle. It is, yeah. <laughs> and um, I was excited that But I was excited that I was able to look up uh, some uh, was a, a, a an ancient word that uh, had to do with um, teaching uh, that that the the scholars used to teach their their young students. They actually used Aesop and his and his fable. That's really cool. To prepare them in um, to start the day, and I was like, what? This is fantastic. So it just all fell together in a matter of a few minutes. And that's how I write. It just, it's going to fall together. If it's not meant to be, I, I don't bother with it. That happens too sometimes. That's really, that's really great. Yeah. I, and I think, I think haiku is perfect for that because it's not like with haiku, you don't have to, write a lot. I mean, it's just, you can put down a few words, but they have to be, they have to be right. And you have to be concise. And that's a challenge. Definitely. It is. I like that more than, um, if I was writing, um, some kind of rhyme scheme or, I don't know, like, uh, that's not as exciting to me for some reason. And I did learn how to do that when I was in college. But I just felt I didn't I didn't click with it. You yeah, know, everybody's got their own thing, you know. So. <laughs> well, I would definitely say though, definitely keep writing haiku because it's it is a great way to express yourself. A lot of people love haiku. I love seeing people's haiku. Yeah, it's just very it's it's just right there, you know. It's right out there. And, and it should, I mean, as best as you can, it should be as expressive and meaningful. Just, just right there, right there for everybody to see. Exactly. And that's, and that's part of poetry too, I think. Um, it's very, it's revealing. I think um, um, therapeutic. Um, I also feel that I used um, poetry to help me through uh, the mourning of my mother. Mm -hmm. um, 
definitely uh, throughout that, and that came very fast when I wrote when I wrote the other book. That was very that was it had to get done. You know, it was kind of like this is going to get me. You know, this is going to get me through this, and it's going to help me to to um, deal with my my pain and my sadness. You know, so I do think everybody should have, and I say this sometimes. I do have um, a Facebook page, and um, on that page, I do every so often. I will keep saying, I'll say, creativity is very therapeutic and it's very important and it doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. It could be building something or it could be painting something or it could be making a, I mean, making anything, baking, you know, anything, but it's therapeutic and it's important for every person to have something like that. So, I mean, I, I, I always say, keep being creative, everyone. You yeah. Know, it's just so can't express how important. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I think it's fantastic, no matter what your creative outlet is. I think, especially uh, what we're all going through right now. I think um, any any type of art, um, uh, any type of art, but definitely poetry, it can be can really help us get through this because yes. I know a lot of people are stuck inside and some people are getting really genuinely depressed because they're they don't have that human interaction um their life routine might have been disrupted and they need a way to heal and um i i know there's still a lot of uncertainty but whatever you can do to make yourself feel better poetry can be great for that yes what are some other reasons that you feel uh, poetry is important? Because uh, when something like, I'm looking at the protests in addition to COVID that are going on right now, um, yes. what relevance do you think, in addition to what we just said about like um, mental health and things like that, what other roles do you think poetry and other types of art have during this type of time period? Well, I think it's vital to this time period. I, I really do believe right. that. Um, when I think of poetry, I think of Langston Hughes. Okay, you know, he's a good I one. Think he, he had to express himself and with his anger and the on, uh, his feelings of, you know, this is I am, a, I am an American but I do not feel that I am treated as an American. And, right. Um, and I know that is how that's how people are feeling right now. And I think it's important to be able to express how everyone feels about what is happening. I mean, it's just it's important now to be able to say how we feel. Yeah, and it's really this is the time that. in the world 
how they cope with it or how to how people feel about it and how other people can say yeah i feel that way too or maybe i feel this way about it and then they should express themselves expression is key right now yeah i think it was good that you brought that up because uh, i noticed when i was reading your most recent book um a lot of my experiences are different from yours and yet i definitely felt a connection when i was reading your poems i felt that, that there was something in every one of those poems that even like for example i don't have children i've never been married but in every one of your poems i was able to find something that i could relate to and i it's very rare for me to say that about uh, wow. a book of poetry or another book that I read, even if I like it. So, I mean, very, very well done. I think, um, Thank you. I think you, uh, you definitely, you have a way to connect with pretty much anybody that, um, is reading your poems. And that's, that's just wonderful to, to have that ability. I appreciate that. That's, oh, that's, my pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> I really, yeah. That's what my goal is, and I hope, you know, that it's it's happening, and that and I really, that's wonderful. Now, this is kind of related, but um, being that you work in an academic setting, and you were just saying about how important you think poetry is as far as um, just coping with the times that we're living in, how do you feel poetry works as a teaching tool for, um, for, for, for students, like especially a lot of students might not uh, grow up in an environment where they're exposed to a lot of poetry. Like how do you feel yeah. they usually are to taking poetry on and finding out about it and maybe writing it for assignments and things like that? Well, I do think at first students are, um, uh, probably put off by poetry. They think they're not going to get it. They think it's, uh, I don't know if the, the word stuffy <laughs> or antiquated. Um, but then I believe if, if the professor, if the teacher introduces them in a certain way to poetry, then that, you know, things that, that are current are poetic, that are like I said, with music, you know, if they're introduced that way, um, or there's always ways to put um, uh, poems to music, you know, uh, and or uh, to make it an exercise of some sort and just say, all right, what happened today to you? Or are you feeling a certain way? Put it down. Just put a couple words down. And um, and then they don't even realize it that they're writing poetry. There's a way. There's a way around, you know, introducing or getting people comfortable with with any kind of genre, you know, even though they might have some uh, preconceived notions about that. Um, but I've always felt I don't. I don't think. I don't know if every college is the same, but I don't think we teach enough poetry, and I think we should teach more. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> because I really do think it's, um, I don't, I, I, you know, there's a lot of students out there that are not big readers anymore, and I, and it's sad, but um, I do think there's a way to get them back to that, and I do think poetry could be part of that, you know? Yeah. Um, poetry like I said it's quick and it gets to the heart of the matter and um, if it's um, relevant to the reader and that can be any reader at any age um, then I think you've got them you know there they are that they'll come back for more oh that was really cool I didn't realize you know poetry was like that yeah yeah I, that's why I like um, spoken word Poets, poets, and uh, or just anything you know, like that that's expressive, like that using poetry. It's, it, it's just a great way to 
to learn about anything, you know, yeah. in a novel way. I don't think people um, take advantage of it as much as they should. So who are some like favorites? <laughs> kind of like jazz. That's how I Yeah. <laughs> who are my favorite poets? Yeah, oh like, do you find, like, oh, more more older, like, people who published a long time ago or newer poets, or is there, like, a, like a, pretty much a combination of contemporary and classic poets? I mean, who are some yeah, people I'm, you like? I'm really into, like, which is funny, I'm into some older poetry. I love Emily Dickinson. Yeah. I love love Robert Frost. Yeah. I love what he made with his the sadness and the and the and a lot of that is there, but also the beauty of um, nature. I also enjoy writing books I mean books with book with poetry about nature. Yeah. Um I mean it's around us. We should express ourselves about it, you know. Um uh, and I do also, I, I like Walt Whitman. Yeah. Um, I, I also like Langston Hughes. I really do believe he, he, he is still very relevant today. I think they're all relevant in a yeah. certain way. How Whitman talked about, um, war when he was a nurse in the, during the Civil War wrote about that, you know, and, uh, and about America. Yeah. Um, yes, um, for some reason, most of my favorite poets are American. I do love some British poets, uh, but um, I really, I really do. I love uh, those. Those are my top, top poets, I gotta say. Yeah. I like T.S. Eliot, you know, but he's kind of more nonsensical. I like stuff like that. Like, you know, yeah, I really think about it, you know. Um, but uh, I really, really do love those. I, Sylvia Plath. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, those are my, those are my favorites. I loved Emily Dickinson just for, and I loved, you know, reading, uh, I, I got a chance graduate school to read um, some of the poets' um, letters. Oh, cool. A lot of the letters had their poetry in them. That was the way they expressed themselves. Oh, I just wrote a poem. They were writing to their sister or their friend or their, you know, some other family member, and they snuck in a poem. Yeah. And there. And, oh, and there it is. You know? <laughs> Because for me, reading poems, part of it is 
part of what I enjoy most about it is the, the idea of the poet actually reading it out loud. A lot of poems, I feel, are meant to be read out loud. And how do you, how do you um, like that? I think that? all poetry is meant to be read out loud. I was taught that in college. Yeah. Like they said to you don't read it, you read it out loud. So, you know, I would go back and I would, you know, with my roommate, you know, or nobody was home, it was easier, but I was like, okay, I got to do this guy, you know. But, um, <laughs> but, so I do believe uh, that poetry should be read out loud. Now, saying that, I could be an introvert and sometimes I feel nervous about it, but I have no problem reading my poetry. Like, I, it, this is a, this is a better venue than if I had many people staring at me. So I, <laughs> I don't mind. I don't mind at all. So I was thinking I could read um, the poem about Cuba. That would be great. So um, that poem is called The Distant Neighbor. And, uh, you know, it's it's weird. It's like, okay, here I go. But, um, okay. So, a distant neighbor, bright blues, orange and aquamarine paint peels ever so slowly from the exterior of the homes and buildings of the bustling city. Hope and happiness show promise in the eyes of its people and in the landscape of its bucolic parks. They show great pride for their history and culture, while endlessly frozen in a time that passed by the rest of the world over 60 years ago. You can hear it as they sing in their art and smell it in their food. I am Cuba. I am vibrant. So you're right, you know, you can kind of see it. You can see the the picture. That's amazing. I wish I was able to get out of Havana. We didn't really have that, you know, the way the way to get out of it because we were basically there overnight but um the what i got from it you know that that was that was what i saw it really was quite stunning um yeah yeah that first line that first line just gets me so much maybe it's because i'm just picturing I love the combination of orange and aquamarine. I love that combination. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's just so bright. It's so, um, I don't know. Like, I, and, you know, you see it You see it here in South Florida, too, like in Miami or the Keys or somewhere, you know, like near the water. But this was just so different. It was just, it was just so there it is but but it was hidden at the same time under this this dreary kind of peeling paint and you're like oh look at that it's right there you know yeah it's just right there wants to get out it wants everybody to see it you know so yeah it was it was quite something yeah um i figured that maybe i would read um, my last, the last poem, since it's so appropriate, the quarantine dream. That would um, be perfect. Um, and I'm not sure if you want me to end with that, or if you want to, you know, like, if, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna read it now. It's up, that, that sounds good to me. I would, I would love to hear it, and hopefully my listeners too. <laughs> I hope you all, you all connect to this, so. Quarantine dream. Too many thoughts remain unanswered. Dreaming of a time in the future when we don't need to fear the endless growth of numbers. Hoping for a future where we can relax and dream of flying through the clouds or driving on a road to new destinations. Praying no one we know will become ill or die. Praying for the people who have become ill or who have died. Looking 
forward to when we can live for tomorrow instead of today. There is no why. It just is. Yeah. Wow. It's still happening. Yeah. Now, huh? I mean, it is. This is it. We might have a little bit more freedom now, but it's still. Ooh. Do we want to take that? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a, it's a big question mark, right? There is no yeah. why. Just is. Yeah, it's oh. it's just amazing to to think of some of the some of the. I mean, I know we've we've. We've already lost, I think that I looked and it was 116,000 people who've passed away from this. And a lot of other people who've recovered, we don't know. They might have long-term health problems from this. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's still so new. That's what's so important to, to try to understand, if there's anything to understand, that that nobody has their all of the answers yet, and and that's what's scary, and that's what's you know unnerving. But that's something we should try to understand. That even the experts are just learning. So it's it's this is it, you know. This just is. It's it's. I kind of feel like that's another maybe val something valuable about poetry because on the one hand we have the experts they're supposed to know the answers and they don't have the answers and it's it's uncomfortable for them to admit like as much as I respect Dr. Anthony Fauci it's clear sometimes he doesn't know what lies ahead and he kind of doesn't know how to react because he's always been the guy with the answers. And Can I you think how hard that is to be that person. Like how hard is that for people to you say, well, you know, you're the expert, but you're, you don't know. Exactly. You know? Like, I mean, that's just the hardest job. That's the hardest job right now. Oh, I mean, I wouldn't want to be in his shoes. No. Uh, or any of these scientists and doctors. I mean, uh, just to, to, they're trying their best. They really are. I believe that. And um, we shouldn't give up hope on them. Right. You know, that's, that's the important thing. So we just have to keep moving on with what we're doing and following the best course of action. Exactly. And I think poetry gives us that opportunity to kind of look at everything that's going on around us and kind of saying, well, it might take us a while that that's, it, it kind of reminds us that, you know, even though we're supposed to have all the answers, we don't, and we can, we can still ask questions and we can still hope for the best. Poetry gives us that opportunity. Whereas science, sometimes I feel at, as much as I respect science, it really doesn't like to admit this stuff. So you definitely, you definitely need to have both. I agree a hundred percent. I mean, there has to be expression as well as facts. Yeah. <laughs> we need a good combination of that. Exactly. <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> so Paula, it has been really wonderful talking to you and thank you for, um, taking the time to talk about your poetry and reading your poems. Um, what is next on the horizon for you as far as poetry, oh, do you think? Wow. I, you know what? I can't even say because, you know, I ha it hasn't come to me yet. <laughs> That's not the best way to answer. I'm not <laughs> sure. But um, I am sure, what I am sure about is something will eventually come to me. Things, many things will come to me. And sometime in the future, there will more than likely be more poetry for me. Uh, but I, I'm happy to uh, share the poetry that I have already have out there in the world. Um, and uh, 
make sure people know about my, um, if you're on Facebook, at the Facebook page, um, Paula Hyman, two books, one world of poetry. Right. And then, um, or just look me up on, on Amazon, but, um, I, the books are both available on, uh, ebook and paperback. So if you're a traditionalist or if you're, you just want to check out something on your, uh, you know, phone or tablet <laughs> or computer, <laughs> it's, it's just a great way to share your expression. Perfect. Yeah, I thank you for this opportunity. I really appreciate it. And I had a lot of fun. I'm glad. I want to thank my guest, Paula Hyman, once again for taking the time to talk to me and to share her poems with us. I'm including a link to her Facebook page where you can learn more about her and purchase her works in the show notes for this episode. Please check it out. And let us know what you thought. Email me at marissadeliforfale at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at, at marissad13. And I'd really appreciate it if you could take a moment to rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, as it'll help a lot more people find out about this show. So until next time, thanks so much for all of the feedback and support. Please. Stay safe and stay creative. Peace. This podcast has been brought to you by Anchor, which is the easiest way to make a podcast. Go to anchor.fm for more info.